entertaining, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. This is Impact Hiring Solutions Live, and I'm Brad Remillard. Uh, normally, my partner, Barry Deutsch, will join us, but today uh, he's uh, off to Yom Kippur, so he won't be making it. A little bit about us before we get started, so you know who you're talking to or who's talking at you. We are basically an executive uh, search firm and best practices hiring company. Uh, we know that uh, you can tune into a lot of shows on business, and, and they talk a lot about a lot of great issues, and I listen to a lot of them, but I would encourage you to think that we talk about only one thing on this show, and that's hiring. Whether it be from the candidate's perspective, how do you find a job, what's the best way about going to find a job, what are the issues you're going to incur when you get out into that marketplace, uh, why is it so tough to find a job, and some of the common mistakes that candidates make that get them excluded sooner than normal if they would just take a little bit more time to prepare for their job search. And also, of course, hiring comes from the company standpoint. We've worked with thousands of companies over our 30-plus years of executive search, and one of their issues is just the opposite of what the candidates is, and that is they're constantly asking us, how do I find great talent? Where is this great talent? How do I locate it? Boy, I wish I could find better people. So you've got these group of candidates that are top talented trying to find the company, and the company's trying to find candidates. And in the middle is us, Impact Hiring Solutions, trying to bring those two groups together. And you can listen to us every Monday from 11 to noon Pacific Standard Time or Pacific Daylight Time now on uh, latalkradio.com, www.latalkradio.com. We're here. You can listen to our past shows uh, on uh, latalkradio.com, or you can come to our website, and we post all the talk past shows that we've had so you can listen to them for free. You can also plan on joining us today and participating in the conversation if you'd like. All you got to do is call 818-602-4929, 818-602-4929, so that if you want a specific topic addressed, if you want to talk about a specific issue, if you've got a problem in your job search right now, you should think about picking up the phone and calling us and letting us address your issue. This is a chance to get some personalized help. Uh, the only thing is, if you're going to call us, make sure you do not have call blocking. Because if you do, not going to get through. You're going to get a recording saying all lines are busy and you can't get through. So dial star 82 first, unblock your call, and you'll get through with no problem. If you are in an environment where you can't talk, but you have a topic you'd like to talk to us about, you have an issue you'd like to talk to us about, but maybe you're at your office, maybe you're in an environment where it's noisy and you can't call, all you got to do is send us an email. Send us an email to info at impacthiringsolutions.com, info at impacthiringsolutions.com. Uh, we'll get your info, uh, email during the show, and we'll try and get to your questions. Now, i got to be honest with you. We get a lot of emails prior to the show because we post what the show topics are on our website ahead of time, and we get a lot of emails during the show. So I can't promise we're going to be able to get your email. If we can, we will. We try and group them by topics. 
If you really have a burning issue, the best way to do it is give us a call at 818-602-4929. And that way, I'll guarantee you we'll take your topic. So today we're going to talk about what I think is the biggest mistake candidates make in an interview. I mean, I've sat in, if it's not thousands, it's certainly in the hundreds of interviews with my clients and candidates, and the three of us are sitting there together, and I'm listening to the interview going on, I'm asking questions, I'm participating, and the biggest gift is given to candidates by the hiring manager, the the HR person, who's ever doing the interviewing, and candidates let this gift fly right by. I mean, this like if you were playing baseball, it's like they throw you this softball pitch up in the air. It's coming at you. All you got to do is swing the bat, and you got a home run. And what do a lot of candidates do? They just let the ball go by. I don't understand this. I've never understood this. It is the greatest opportunity for you to differentiate yourself from all the other people that are going to interview, and yet you let the ball pass you by. Or worse, and I do think it's worse in many ways, is you swing at it and you miss it. And you don't take advantage because you haven't been well prepared. You haven't stopped and thought about how you're going to handle this. And you know from your own experience that this question is going to be asked of you. And what happens? You don't prepare for it. You're not ready for it, and yet you know it's going to be asked. I mean, this amazes me. If you were going to back, think back when you were in college, or you're going to college, and the instructor told you, wrote on the board, I am going to ask you this question on your final exam. Here it is. And they gave you the question. Would you ignore it? Would you say, eh, I'll just wing it when I get there. I don't need to study for that question. Heck no, you'd go home, you'd study, you'd write out your answer. You'd basically have it copyrighted. So you know exactly what you're going to say. And yet, you know that 90% of the time, this question is going to be asked. And here it is. Somewhere towards the end of the interview, usually, they're going to look you in the eyes and they're going to say to you, do you have any questions for me? There comes the softball pitch. I mean, they are throwing one over the plate for you. All you got to do is hit the ball. Minimum, you get a single, and you're liable to hit a grand slam. And most candidates are not even prepared for this question. What a golden opportunity for you to take advantage of and differentiate yourself by asking some probing well-thought-out questions that other candidates will not ask. What we find is, most of the time, here's what happens. Either the candidate says something like, no, no, I think you've answered all the questions I've had during the interview, which I'm surprised at. Because they haven't answered any questions. All they've done is ask you questions. So exactly which questions of yours did they answer while they were asking you a question? Or the second scenario is the candidate comes back with, oh, I don't know, one, two. The really thoughtful ones will come back with three really basic, standard, everybody's asked questions like, 
well, what's the budget for this? How long have you been there? Can you tell me a little bit about your background? I mean, come on. Everybody asks those questions. You've done nothing to differentiate yourself. And the third one's my favorite. And I, I should fall out of my chair when this happens, but I've been doing this for 30 years, so it's almost like most people say nothing can surprise me anymore. The candidate sits there like a deer in the headlights, staring at the hiring manager, wondering, oh, what do I do now? Oh, geez, i got to come up with some questions. Gee, I never thought you'd ask me that. Um, 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 what's the budget? I mean, come on. You knew that question was coming. How many interviews have you had in your life? How many interviews have you done in your life? Don't you ask that question? 90% of all interviews, that question is coming. Whether it's rhetorical or not, you're going to get that question. And what have you done to prepare for that? For me, this is your chance to shine. This is your chance to ask such in-depth, probing questions that you separate yourself from the rest of the crowd. That the hiring manager or the person doing the interview steps back and says, wow, that's a pretty thoughtful insight to, the question, to, to what's going on in the company. Nobody else has ever asked me that. Let me think about that for a minute. Great question. Gee, I wonder what kind of questions this person will do when they come on board. They're pretty thoughtful. They're pretty intuitive. I have had in my 30 years as a recruiter more times someone turn the interview around when the hiring manager calls me back and says, Brad, you know, I thought the interview was going really well. It was going okay. You know, they were a good, solid candidate. But I got to tell you, at the end of the interview, they asked me some pretty probing questions that, you know what? I didn't have an answer for it made me think. I've never had a candidate do that for me. What a, you know, maybe better to retake a look at this candidate just by the questions they asked. This is a great opportunity for you to shine. This is a great opportunity for you to come back with some truly thoughtful, articulate, probing questions of this particular manager demonstrate how thoughtful you are, how probing you are, the type of candidate you're going to be when you come on board. Are you strategic in nature? Are you tactical? Are all of your questions about activity? This is a chance for you to not only separate yourself, but I got to suggest to you, this is one of the golden opportunities for you to decide, is this the right job for you? Now, I know in this recession, that's tough because at this point, many candidates are just thinking any job with a paycheck is a job for me. And I understand that. And I say in our book that we'll talk about later, we wrote a book on uh, how to conduct an effective job search. We wrote this book on that, and I say in this book, I mean, if you're one of those in the situation where it's financial and uh, you got to make the next house payment, feed the kids, hey, all bets are off. You do whatever you got to do to get the job in. The problem is most candidates who are in that situation, the biggest problem is they're afraid to ask any questions for fear that the other person will eliminate them because they ask too many questions. Not the right person, ask too many questions, when in fact the opposite is the truth. 
when in fact by asking some questions, you differentiate yourself and you make yourself unique. By just sitting there like a deer in the headlights or asking a couple of really silly questions, you don't make yourself different at all. And as a matter of fact, you just become one of them, another candidate, nothing special. I got to suggest to you that one of the things that it does for you is it helps you decide whether is this the right position for you. If you've had a lot of turnover in your background, if in the last, I don't know, if you look at your last four or five jobs and they've all been a year or 18 months, and you're sitting back thinking, geez, I, I, I want a long-term job here. This is the chance to decide how well you'll fit into the organization. You don't want to get into the company and stop and think, boy, this is not the position I accepted. This is not the boss that I interviewed with. You want to ask the questions to help determine not only is this the right company for you, the right boss for you, the right person you're going to get along with, the right culture for you. Most job positions fall apart, not because the candidate isn't the right person for the job, not because the candidate can't do the activity of the job, because they don't fit with the company, they don't fit with the culture, they don't fit with the management style, and they haven't really outlined the expectations. And that's the candidate's fault for not asking those probing questions before they come on board. You need to step back and identify how will you fit into the culture? What are the values of this organization and do they align with your values? Is their management and leadership style consistent with yours? Because if it's not, you're going to end up with the boss from hell. And if you end up with that boss, you're not long for the world. Whenever you get into a debate with your boss, arguments, chances are you're going to lose that discussion. Are they the type of person that wants you to take initiative? And how much initiative do they want you to take? Are the specifics of the job consistent with what you want to do? Do they have a company vision? What's the relationship with your supervisor? What about the people that work for you? Are there sacred cows there? Are there untouchables in the job that once you get in there and find out, oh my gosh, this person is a disaster, and the change that this person talked about, that this hiring manager talked about that they wanted to make, that's why they're hiring you because you're a change management person and they're a change management person. Well, maybe not. Maybe they're a person that wants change management, but when they find out how much pain change is going to take, you can't be successful. Maybe there are sacred cows that, that are causing this change that they can't move out. Maybe you have to move these people out to be successful but the time frame to move them out, you can't be successful. You've set yourself up for failure before you even take the job. Maybe that's why this position isn't fillable, because you can't be successful in the job. And because so many candidates don't ask the probing question to determine that, they get in and right away they think to themselves, man, what did I get myself into? This is just terrible. They're frustrated. It hurts their home life. They work long hours. 
they take their home, work home with them and their frustrations home with them. They take it out on the family. They take it out on the stress. It isn't worth it. All because all you had to do is before you took the job, ask some probing, in-depth questions. Don't be afraid to probe. The interview is not all about what the hiring person wants. It's also, does this fit what you describe as success? And I'm going to suggest to you today in this radio show that you need to think about what it takes to be successful for yourself, particularly if you really want a long-term job. Don't get into a situation where you step back and think, this is not the position I accepted. This is not the position that they described for me when I interviewed. In fact, we wrote a book with that exact title because I realized that so many candidates get into a job and think, wow, this is not the position I accepted. So that's the name of a book. We wrote, it's about our job search methodology that helps make sure you get the job that not only fits you, that can be a long-term job for you, and we give you questions to ask. In the back of our book, we have, a, I think, 135 different questions for you to ask in an interview. Now, I wouldn't want you asking 135, but we've broken it down into categories like values and leadership questions job specific and under each of those there's you know 9 10 12 15 20 different questions for you to pick and choose from you can reword them you can make them more effective for the way you would say it but what's important is that we've given you these questions to ask so you can probe deeply so you can pick the questions that fit and will align with your background We've also got a whole chapter written on the 10 most important questions to ask in an interview. These 10 questions, we believe, are so important that we wrote a whole chapter. They're above and beyond the 135 questions. These are the questions that we believe is why most candidates accept a position they shouldn't have accepted. Why most candidates just would have asked these 10 simple questions in the interview probably would have known that it's not really the right job for them. Now, they may decide to take it anyway because, again, financial issues, pressure issues, a lot of different issues, but they would have accepted it knowing that this may only be a short-term job. Too often, permanent jobs turn into an interim job because you didn't probe deeply. And I want to tell you right now on our website, if you go to impacthiringsolutions.com, www.impacthiringsolutions.com, you can get this book for free. We will literally send it out to you for free. Okay, you got to pay the $5 shipping. The book is free. The shipping isn't. You got to pay 5 bucks in shipping. We'll priority mail it out to you. You can read it for two weeks and send it back. Write down the questions. Learn the questions that you have to ask in the interview. Get the 10 most important questions and ship it back to me if you don't want it. But the point is the information is available to you. Now, there's a lot of information in the book. It's a 135-page workbook. It's a workbook. 
It's not a book you read. It's a book we put together to put you to work to make you work on your job search. It's a book you read the section and say, okay, how do I take this section and include it into my job search? So the question on section on interviewing deals with these 10 questions. So how do you integrate these 10 questions into your interview? How do you, how do you take and take these questions on values and leadership and initiative? And when do you bring them into the interviewing process? And where should you ask them? So this book is to help you through that. This book is to give you the questions. So if you don't know the questions, we put them together for you. And it's free. So if you've just joined us right now, latalkradio.com. I'm Brad Remillard. This is Impact Hiring Solutions Live, where we talk about hiring. Today we're talking about how candidates can probe deeply in the interview and how by probing, by asking questions, they can literally separate themselves from the other candidates interviewing and literally become the leader of the pack by the questions they ask. And in fact, we have had hiring managers tell us the questions they ask were more valuable than the answers they gave to our to the questions the hiring manager asked. So by probing deeply, it's not only helpful to you because you get to decide whether you win the interview, but it separates you and differentiates you. And we've got these questions available. If you've just joined us, they're available in our book titled, This is Not the Position I Accepted. And we titled that because we know so many candidates who don't ask those probing questions within 30 days are stepping back thinking, wow, this is not what I thought I'd get myself into. This is not the environment, the culture. This is a totally different person I interviewed with than my boss I have today. What went wrong? And we want you to have these questions available to you. And as I said, in the back of the book, we have 35 different questions. And we've broken them down into categories to help you. So if you want to ask some questions about values of the corporations to see if they align with your values, we have eight different questions about just talk about how do you demonstrate these values in your community? If community service is important to you and you like working for a company that values community service because you're the type of person, for example, Let's say you're the type of person that is involved in your community. You're on nonprofit boards. You serve in the community in different areas, whether it be on the city council, a volunteer. You may want to know, does this company have the values that you have? Because maybe you can't work late certain nights. Maybe you can't work weekends. And does the company that you're going to go to work for respect those values? What happens if you don't ask the questions about how does your company work in the community and support the values you state on your website? If they don't do that, you're going to end up in a job that frustrates you because now you're going to have to decide between your community values and the company values. Instead of asking those questions in the interview and finding out ahead of time that this company does or doesn't support that, you end up in a job and you sit back and say, okay, now what do I got to do? I'm really uncomfortable having to give up all this work I did in the community because that's important to me as a person, but my company doesn't give a rip about that. Should you have taken that job? 
Maybe not. Now, again, if financial issues are the situation, whole other ballgame. But let's not deal with that. Let's deal with the majority of people who are taking a job, want to take a job for the right reason. Did you ask, how are those values demonstrated within the company? You've got this great list of values. You've told me what your values are, but how do you infiltrate those into your department, into your organization? Do they align with your values? It's not fun going to work for a company when you have a value that says, I respect balance of life, balance of style, balance in my career between I believe in working hard, but I believe in having time for play. And you end up with a workaholic boss because they don't have a family. All they want to do, they're committed to their career. They put their, fam- their career before their family or their personal life. Maybe they're single. Maybe they only have a spouse and that the two of them just work. You have young kids. You're on the sports team. You're involved. You have a different values here. You're not going to be long for the world. But if you don't probe on that about talking about this organization, about talking about how they implement their value, how they demonstrate their values and priorities in their department with their people, you end up in a position that you don't want to be in. And we've got eight or nine questions just around that one topic to make sure that you take the job. I'm going to take an email here because I've got a number of emails and I, I want to get them out. And this is kind of a, a classic one that we've got three or four. I'm going to summarize it for you. It's from uh, Mike, not Mark. Mike, yeah, Mike in Cincinnati. He basically wants to know, if I don't know the possession, position, how do I know what questions to ask? I get that all the time. I don't know the position, so I don't know what questions to ask. I hear that in interviews. Nonsense. I'm sorry, Mike. I don't want to be rude, but nonsense. If you've been in this position for any length of time, you know what questions to ask. Come on. You know what some of the problems are in the in just ge- generically in a position. If you're in purchasing, you know there's always issues with vendors, time frames, balancing inventories, uh, budgeting. Do we find the lowest bidder or are we interested in quality? You know those kind of questions to ask. Because they're generic in every situation. If the in the interview, you know that the person's talking about turnover. You know questions to ask about what's caused the turnover, how would you overcome the turnover, what's the problem, what are they doing about them, what is the cost. You know if they're putting in a, a new – if you're coming on board and one of the things I've been asking you about is your knowledge of the implementing new ERP systems, if you've done that. You know some of the generic problems. Think back and think, boy, here's some of the challenges we had. Here's some of the obstacles and problems we've had. Are they going to repeat the same mistakes we did? Are their time frames reasonable? Is their budget reasonable? Is a support staff reasonable? You know, you know those questions. You can ask those questions. And if not, you can fall back on values. You can talk about leadership. Let's talk about initiative, your initiative. Do you ever ask the question, would your hiring manager prefer you take initiative or ask forgiveness? Do you ever find out about, do they reward high initiative? Have you ever asked a question about, can you give me an example where somebody's taken too much initiative, overstepped a boundary? If you're a highly proactive, very independent person, 
Do you want to be controlled? What kind of questions do you ask to determine how your new boss is going to control? Are they a micromanager or are they really a leader? Do they give goals and set objectives and let you strive and reach that? Or do they like to have daily meetings and micromanage you at an activity level? If you don't ask those kind of questions, you're never going to get the answer. Now, they're going to tell you issues in the what they want. They want a leader and they want somebody to solve the problems. But how do they demonstrate that? Have you asked them the question? Can you give me an example of what you consider to be initiative? Have you asked for an example? Can you give me an example where people in your department demonstrate high initiative? So you can begin to put a parameter around that. There can be nothing worse than a person who's independent, likes to take initiative, likes to create change, likes to improve, and you've got a boss who is risk avoidant, who things are working well, why upset the apple cart, who believes that you have to analyze a problem to death before you make a simple change. And yet this is your department and you can't make changes. Do you ask those kind of questions? Because if you don't, you will not be successful when you come on board. There will be such conflict between the two of you because you're a strong-willed, not strong-willed, but you're a strong, proactive, initiative-driven, make change, always improve, and your boss is a control freak. You're not going to be long in that world. But these are good things to know before you take this full-time interim job, if you if you will, meaning you're taking this job full-time, but the fact is in six months to a, a year or less, you're going to be out of a job, either because your boss and you don't get along, the culture doesn't agree with you, and you can't be successful in that. And that's why most people succeed. It's not because as an accountant or a accounting manager or a CFO, you don't know how to close the books. It's not because as a vice president of purchasing, you don't know how to make purchases. It's not because you're in human resources. You don't know how to put together employee benefits packages. It's because the speed of the organization may be different. Do you ever ask about the speed of the organization to get a sense of, is this an organization of consensus? And before I can make a change in my department, I've got to get a consensus? Or is this something that when we want to drive change, we're very entrepreneurial about it? These are important issues to talk about. So I would tell you, Mike, I think you know the questions. And by the way, if you don't, get our book. It's free. We'll send it five bucks. We'll send you for five dollars, four ninety-five, five bucks shipping. We'll priority mail it out to you. Write down the ten questions. Write down the hundred and thirty-five questions, and send the book back if you don't see it's enough value and you're getting enough value out of the other things in the book. And again, the book is called "This Is Not the Position I Accepted." It's all about people getting in the job and thinking back, this is not the right job for me, and now what do I do? We're trying to help you in this book, because it is a workbook, avoid that. We want you to get into the job that you'd set back and say, wow, I could be here for the next 15, 20 years and retire. Wouldn't you really like that? In today's market, wouldn't you really like to get into a situation where at least you believe there's a long term? Maybe it'll work out, maybe it won't. Things happen. Companies get sold, companies get bought. Uh, companies get moved, a lot of things happen. But it's sure a lot better walking in thinking, wow, this is a great place to work. I hope I'm here until I retire, than walking in thinking, oh, man, 
if I wish I'd known to ask that question. If I just would have asked this one probing question, I probably would have had to really stop and think about the job. Maybe you would have taken it anyway, but you certainly would have known coming in what the problems are. I'm going to take this is from uh, Rita in San Francisco. I have asked questions, and lots of time the person interviewing me doesn't know the answer, so I don't ask them anymore. You know that's a great point. Uh, I would tell you that you ask different questions for the obvious different interviewer. You know, if you're an accounting manager or you're looking for a controller job, no sense in asking the, the HR manager about the close time or the financial statements. Inappropriate questions. But it's a great question to be asking about the leadership of the team, how the team gels together, what the management style is, how they uh, integrate values into the department. It's a great uh, organization to begin to ask about the people in the organization, organizational structure, maybe strategic planning as it, as it relates to, or, to uh, HR. When you're meeting with the salespeople, if you know you're in purchasing, it's a great time to talk about the salespeople with uh, contracts, with support with sales and how the sales process works. When you're meeting with the operations people, it's a great time to ask questions about the uh, inventory levels, vendor qualification programs. You can adjust these questions. But there's some questions you can still ask. You can still ask about initiative. You can still ask about leadership. You can still probe around how will I work better with you? How does my department currently interface with you? How would you rank the interfacing of the purchasing department with sales and with the operations department? Would you rank it on excellent, poor? Where could we improve our working together? So there's lots of questions we can ask. You can talk to your direct supervisor about just commitments that have been made. Have you made commitments and made key decisions that will affect this job when it comes on board? Are there hard time, tough time frames that are going to have to be addressed once we come on board? What kind of working relationship should I expect to have with you? How do you like to communicate, verbally or in emails? Ever try and send a bunch of emails to somebody who likes to communicate verbally or vice versa? Somebody who's a verbal person, a picture-driven person with a bunch of emails? It's a tough way to communicate. So you can begin to talk about their management style and how they want to engage you. How often do they have meetings? Are they one of these people that has meetings to death and nothing ever gets done? Are they the people that say, I don't ever want to have a meeting with you, and I never want to hear from you unless there's a problem? Do they, as your new supervisor, do they manage through goals, or do they manage that activity? Great to know. So there's a lot of questions you can still ask, Rita, but change the questions to be targeted. One more reason. Preparation is the key. Since you know that you're going to get asked this question. When you meet with HR, have a set of questions already set up you like to ask. When you meet with sales, have a set of questions. When you meet with a direct manager, have a set of questions. Now, let me just suggest 
that there are questions to ask in the first interview, there are questions to ask in the second interview, and there are questions to ask in a third interview. You don't need to get all your questions out in the very first interview. The very first interview, for the most part, is a screening interview. It's a, it's a, a first date kind of thing. We're kind of getting to know each other. We're kind of going over the foundation because if the foundation isn't there, there's no sense in going forward. You can't build a house on a weak foundation. You can't make a good hire on a weak foundation, and you can't take a position if the fundamentals aren't there. That's why we talked about values, culture, initiative, management style. Because if those aren't there, you're not going to be successful anyway. Why go on? If you're absolutely dedicated to working in the community, and that's an important part of your lifestyle that you don't want to give up because you want balance between your family and your families involved, and you interview this hiring manager who comes to find out works 80 hours of work, seven hours a day. They want you to carry a beeper, and you have to be willing to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and work sometimes to 11, 10 o'clock, 11, 12 o'clock at night because that's the job. You don't need to have a lot of further interviews. It's not the right job for you. Move on. So there's a certain set of questions you need to ask in the interview to get a fundamental understanding, is this the right job? Some basic questions. As you go through the interviewing process, you should continue to have a set of probing deeper or further probing questions to get a better understanding of how that will work with your style and who you are and how you'll fit in. So I would tell you, Rita, that you may be asking the wrong questions if they don't know the answers. You may be asking the wrong question to the wrong person. Readjust. Put together specific questions for the functional areas that you're going to meet with. And then as you go through the process, probe deeply. Most of the time, when you get a call and they call you and say, I'd like you to come back and meet with these other people on the team, ask for their title. Can I get their title? then you can begin to stop and think, well, in my department, how do we interface with them? What kinds of questions should I ask them? And I want to make this clear. I'm not suggesting, I want to really stress this. I'm not suggesting that every set of questions has to last for an hour. This is not a second interview. These may be three, four, five really key questions that you ask at the end of the day when you have only 15, 20 minutes left. Again, if you've just joined us, I'm Brad Remillard, and you're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions. Uh, we're an executive search firm, and the goal and what we're talking about today is how should candidates probe deeply to make sure it's the right job for them. You're listening on LA Talk Radio, www.LA Talk Radio, where every single Monday from 11 to noon, we talk about hiring issues that are important to you. Today's topic on probing deeply is really comes from our book, This Is Not the Position I Accepted. It, you can get this book free on our website. We offer it there. We send it to you free. It's $5 for shipping, but the book is free. Read it for two, three, two weeks. Make sure it's the right value, gets you value. If you're not happy, send it back. But we have a lot of information on our website that's free. We have a sample cover letter. Right on our homepage, impacthiringsolutions.com. Go to our homepage, scroll down to what's new, download the free sample cover letter we have for you. I can't stress this one enough. 
please join our LinkedIn group. We have a group called Impact Hiring Solutions Job Search Networking Group on LinkedIn. Just go to the top, search groups, Impact Hiring Solutions Job Search Networking Group. There's almost 3,000 people in this group. It's free. And you can have discussions. We post articles up there. There is a tremendous wealth of information on articles, discussions, people posting their background. So if you're looking for a job, here's 3,000 people you can get your background out to. People, jobs are posted up there. There's so many, so much information available to you that just this one group will help answer a lot of your questions, and it's free. In our free resources section, at the top of our homepage, go to free, go to candidates. You can download all of the past radio shows. We've talked about resumes. We've talked about the 10 biggest hiring mistakes candidates make, uh, 10 biggest job search mistakes candidates make. We have how to, how to use social networking to leverage your job description. We've talked about how to brand yourself to make become differentiate yourself. We've talked about interviewing mistakes candidates make. All these prior radio shows are available and they're free. I think one of the most valuable tools you can get, again, right off our webpage, home base, homepage, impacthiringsolutions.com. Scroll down to what's new. And I think it's the third one down or second one down. We call it the Job Search Self-Assessment Matrix. We've put together a matrix to help you find the weak links in your job search. You take this matrix, you highlight what you're doing great, and you highlight where you need improvement, and it's free. Now you know exactly where to begin to improve and become better in your job search. What a great tool that you don't have to pay a career coach for. You don't have to pay somebody to help you with it. The matrix is right there. Now you may need help improving this, but at least you'll be able to identify and specifically target Areas where you may be losing a job that's just simply one little change here, one little tweak here, you will win the next interview you have. And this tool is absolutely free. You can download for free our chapter on winning the phone interview. We took a lot of time deciding from our our book that I talked about that you can get for free called This Is Not the Position I Accepted. We debated what chapter – we wanted to make some, a chapter free so people could at least get an idea of, of insight into the book. And if, if this one chapter helps, maybe the rest of the book will be helpful. And we debated and debated what chapter should we make free, and we ended up with the section on winning the phone interview because we believe this is such a critical interview that if you don't win this so-called phone interview, screening interview, you'll never get a job. So we wanted to put together – tips to make sure you excel at the next phone interview and that's free go to the home page on the top menu you'll see free scroll to candidates free resources right there the phone interviewing chapter it's absolutely free we really want to do everything we can do to help make sure that you're successful in your job search from our radio shows to the free resources to the downloads to the audio to our linkedin groups every the tools The resources are there to help you get out of this job search. We have a whole number of audio files on finding the hidden job market. Right now, you got to find the hidden job market. 
and we have a whole uh, we did a whole radio show on just how to find the hidden job market, how to use the social networking to find those hidden job leads, how you have to target yourself to get into where those unique jobs are that never get posted right now. The truth is, many companies right now are not posting on the internet for a couple of reasons. One, you get too many responses and they don't have time to go through it. Number two, they know by just getting the word out in the right way, they can get qualified candidates because there's so many on the market. Well, how are you finding those searches? We've got a whole radio show with there to help you do that. So let me just suggest to you again, go to our website, download the free resources, take advantage of the tools and resources available to you. We have the book for free. Get it. Pay the five bucks for shipping. It'll be the best five bucks you took. Take these questions that we have. I think there's 145 questions in the book. Write them down. Xerox them. And send the book back if you don't want it. But at least get the question. Get the 10 most important questions to ask in an interview so you make sure you differentiate yourself. That's why we do this. There's not a lot. I, mean, I don't get anything out of it. I what, what more value do I get out of it if you write these, ask these questions, if you do these tips on the interviewing that we do for the phone interview? What added value do I get if you find a job because you downloaded our hidden finding jobs in the hidden market? It's all for you. We put these up there to help you and get some value out of it. So we hope you'll take advantage of these resources. I want to take another question because I want to get to uh, – an area that I, I think is important uh, that I get a lot of, and it's from Samantha in St. Louis. And basically, we touched upon it a little bit, but should I ask everyone the same questions to see if I get a, answers are consistent? And I believe, for the most part, you should, particularly the key questions, those really game-breaking questions that you want to ask to help you decide where you're going to get the job. For example, go back to values. I mean, there's nothing wrong with asking the, the different people you interview with. If working in the community is really important to you and you really want to decide, is this man, hiring manager a workaholic? And there's nothing wrong with asking the hiring manager, the HR, the sales, the operation, the, the people that work for them, depending on how many people you ask, questions about how they demonstrate their values. Do you get a consistent theme on these really important questions? I think it's important that you ask the questions to get a, an answer to decide whether this is the right job for you. Now, I agree. Like we said earlier, you can't ask the same questions of the technical questions, but you can ask company about the company's vision. You can ask about the company's leadership. You can ask about how the management style, how they interact, what kind of relationship do you have with these other departments and you can ask that to go around to find out is this department out as a you know have no relationship with all these other departments well there's something going on in this one department do you want to get in there you can ask about the management style and do you get the same consistent answers so i think it's real important for consistency because that really is going to help you decide if i come on board will this be the right person and there are many questions you need to ask about being specific to your job. And some of these questions you may want to ask. By the way, we've even got a section in here, a question. Of what kind of questions you, you should ask the people that are going to report to you? 
often because we do very senior level searches and most of them are managers, a lot of times they'll come back and they'll meet the people that actually work for them. Sometimes candidates ask for this. We've got nine or ten questions just to ask the people that are going to be direct reports to you. What a valuable opportunity to gain information. Not just about the department, but gives you insight into the people that you can then go back to your hiring manager or your future boss and talk about. I mean, if you have to have a lot of change and in this process you recognize that the people you're working for absolutely positively, either intellectually, uh, don't want change, they can't handle change, they resist change, and this is one of the biggest problems why things don't get done because the, the, the very people you need to implement this change are cutting you off at the knees. And the last three people in the job haven't been successful. That begs the question, why do you think you're going to be successful if the last few people haven't? So there's a lot of questions you can ask, and they're all in our book. I've only got a couple of minutes left, and I wish I had time to take more questions. I've got about, I must have another 10 questions here to ask. But again, if you really want our question, you should call in. I just want to remind you, take the time to differentiate yourself. When they throw that softball question to you, what question do you have for me? This is your opportunity to really get in and ask differentiating questions about them, about the company, and about the position. Don't let this question go by. Don't be one of those three types of people that either ask silly questions, say, no, you've answered all my questions, or stare like you're in the headlights. This is your chance to hit a home run. This is your opportunity to differentiate yourself from everybody else by having that hiring manager come together and ask, say, wow, this person really asked insightful questions. Not only will I learn from this person, but when they come on board, they are really going to be thinking about how this job works and how they can make them, that position better. And when that position becomes better, your boss's life becomes better and your boss's job becomes better. And that makes you a superstar. And most importantly, you don't end up with turnover on your position, but rather you don't end up saying, oh, my gosh. This is not the position I accepted. What could I have asked to make sure that I do this properly? You end up thinking, wow, this is a great job. This fits with what I want to do. This fits everything perfectly. So please, take a minute and know the questions you want to ask. Again, get our book. It's on our site. It's free, five bucks. The questions are there. You have a golden opportunity now to go out from now on and differentiate yourself and be different by asking probing questions. Again, this is Brad Remillard. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio, where every Monday from 11 to noon, Impact Hiring Solutions talks about how you can get hired or how you can find great people. We'll talk with you next week, Monday, 11 a.m. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch, only on LA Talk Radio. 